All right. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the Whitetail Bloodline podcast. I am your host, John, the Kansas King. And I've got with me today my trusty co-host, Tyler Wilbur, a.k.a. Big Sexy. Tyler, how's it going? <laughs> what an introduction, man. Thanks for having me on, buddy. It's going to be a you good one. Bet. You bet, man. This is uh, this going to be episode 77. I'd like to say we're going to get Donnie Monroe on here from Team 200. So uh, without further ado, let's get Donnie on the phone. Let's get him on. There he is, Donnie Monroe, the big buck killer himself. How's it going, Donnie? Oh, not too bad. How you guys doing? What's doing going good, on, man. Donnie? I've, I've got my uh, trusty co-host on here today, Tyler Wilbur, uh, a.k.a. Big, big Sexy. So. I see that it comes across Big Sexy. I'm like, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Donnie, you're in a good chat room. This isn't an unwanted one. <laughs> What's going on, man? Oh, just uh, been a busy week. I'm kind of glad it's Friday. I hear that. I hear you there. I hear yeah. that. Oh, Donnie, you guys are going up to Ohio here soon, correct? Yeah, we're uh, actually headed there, I think, uh, March 16th. And we've okay. got over that weekend – 17th or the 19th we'll be doing interviews for the show and also uh, the ohio uh, big buck classic or whatever the title is it's going on so we'll be in there and i think helping joe with the osseo booth some and just nice. kind of that. yeah awesome. sure. it's be a good time sorry right. well hey donnie we uh kind of like to start this off with uh Kind of tell on some of your backgrounds for people that don't know you. So we kind of want to start out with, you know, you and I kind of talked back and forth a little bit. I kind of want to touch base on kind of like your childhood coming up, you know, at, at a young age, kind of you and your family and, you know, kind of how you went went from there and kind of got into hunting. Sure. Um, so I actually grew up with just my dad, lived in a house trailer. We were pretty poor, didn't have a lot of money. Um lived in a small town called Matthews, Indiana. Um, it, there's a river that runs right next to it. And um, I would always go down there and oh, we'd go down and fish, run trot lines, and um, jug fish, and just kind of really nice. started out fishing because, you know, uh, we, we had a lot of cheap dinners, to be honest, when, when I was young. And a lot of the freezer was full of a lot of TV dinners and just, you know, <laughs> lower end stuff. And I understand, but, um, when we could go out and catch a bunch of fish and come home and have fresh fish, I mean, that's pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And then it kind of yeah. went from there to, uh, uh, you know, starting a squirrel hunt and we'd float the river and get off and do a little squirrel hunting. And then, you know, it faded into rabbit hunting and, and then, uh, so, I mean, we're eating all this game and then as you're rabbit hunting, you know, a lot of the thickets you're going in, you're, you know, jumping deer. And, uh, I had one friend that really, uh, was kind of into hunting deer and, uh, he was a bow hunter, uh, instinctive bow hunter with a compound. And, um, I think he did more flinging arrows than actually killing anything, but <laughs> we've all been there to start. Yeah, but it was still, <laughs> he got me kind of fired up about it and I kept kicking up deer and I thought I'm going to give it a whirl. And so at the time, uh, the only thing I had was a 20 gauge 
a single shot shotgun and that I used for rabbit hunting and a 22. So he loaned me his Remington Wingmaster with a single beat on the end and, and gave me some slugs and I went out deer hunting and I'll be damned if the first night I didn't actually, actually it was first morning I shot a doe. Um, wow. Nice. Yeah. And um, I missed her on the first shot, but I scored on the second and, I didn't know what to do as far as field dressing or anything, but luckily she died close to another hunter, which Indiana's full of. And he, he was an older guy and actually showed me what to do. And that was kind of the start of it. And man, Very after cool. that, I just got addicted and bought a. Yeah. Now, how old were you at that time, Donnie? Uh, I think I was, I'm pretty sure I just turned 15. Okay. Okay. Um, no. I was 14 when I shot the first deer. It was 15 okay. when I I bought a used Hoyt Game Getter 2 compound. This is an old bow. And yeah, it is I, an old one. <laughs> I bought it off a kid nice. that his parents bought it for him, and you know they lived well, but he never used it. And he sold it to me for 50 bucks, and I took that thing, man, and I was out the first year. And I didn't kill one the first year, but I slung a few arrows and. Right. I wanted to continue to get better, so I just kept working at it. And um, then the next year, I shot my first deer with a bow, and then, man, it just that really sunk in. And after that, I still killed some with a gun, but primarily, you know, it was mostly archery, and that's really what I cared about. I shot all the time and just loved it. But that's really kind of what turned it all in, really, was um, – you know, starting out just poor and, you know, getting in the woods to, I mean, it was enjoyable back then. We didn't have all the games and everything, but also, um, you know, we ate good that way. And, you know, when you bring a deer home and you're cooking steaks and I mean, you're living really large, you know, and yeah. So it, it just changed our lifestyle a little bit at the time. And then, um, uh, when I was old enough, I was bailing hay and, detasseling corn at an early age and you know that's saving my money and then working and i just you know kept getting better equipment and kept pushing myself to be better and better yeah now i'll say that detasseling corn and stuff that's that's not easy work i i know a lot of people you know like kind of my parents age and stuff that did that you know back in high school growing up and you know they said it paid well but man that's some hard work donnie yeah they don't they don't let up especially if you get on a machine they they, you pretty much, it's full bore. And I remember one time I cut my thumb on a corn leaf and I mean, it cut it like a paper oh. cut, but opened it wide open. And, uh, they just gave me band-aids and told me to keep working. I mean, it was oh, like, geez. it was like child <laughs> labor abuse, you know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> these days it's like, you, you got to send them home because otherwise their parents are going to call me. Well, why'd you make my kid work when he was hurt? Yeah, That's most right. of them probably wouldn't even make it a day on that stuff, you know. Or no, right. Yeah. Not this things, day and age. Things have changed so much. It's it's wild. Yeah. But I just That's learned, true. you know, I, actually I appreciate kind of growing up that way because it taught me if I want something to work hard for it, you know. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's what it is, definitely. And, and, you know, it started out as eating good, and I still love to eat. That's why I'm overweight, but – <laughs> you know, then, we all we all love yeah. to eat. Yeah. We're, we're all struggling with that, Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Well, wait till you guys. You're not alone. It, it packs on pretty good. Then you know. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, so 
it kind of started off that way and then eating good. And then, you know, the bow hunting, you know, became a passion and then your drive to shoot more mature deer. And then it just continued to build. Um, and then I wanted to learn more about archery show. So I started teaching myself, uh, I bought VHS tapes and read articles and, uh, then out of, uh, I think it was my last year in college. I know I graduated college and uh, I started a archery business and it was called Hunter's Haven and um, started out real small and um, sold some bows in the, like a shop in the back of a house that we rented oh, cool. and cool. Uh, just kind of grew from there and ended up having that business for over 20 years and thought competitive archery, ASA, IBO, um, indoor archery won the indiana indoor state championship for the men's open a class like back in wow uh, i'm wanting to say 2002 i can't remember for sure no kidding that's awesome um, donnie but yeah it was it was really cool and then um but my passion kept growing for you know wanting to shoot more mature deer and where i lived in indiana um, the gun season is super liberal and it's like six weeks long. If you consider both firearm and muzzleloader together combined and it wow. comes in early and, you know, back early years, we could kill two bucks. So to come by a mature animal is really, really tough. Right. And like in my County, I was probably one of very few, um, that actually would shoot mature bucks, uh, consistently now that didn't mean every year uh because there wasn't always a mature buck to hunt but at least consistently um and then you know as time goes on and you know you grow you want to shoot even more and you want to chase bigger deer and uh you know we had kids got my kids into it got them turkey hunting shot a few deer but they just unfortunately didn't get that you know same uh gene that that brought me on to loving hunting you know um it's not well and and that's okay and then too you know it's like you know kids these days it i almost feel like it's harder to get into them because they didn't come like from the same i kind of say came from the same background as you donnie you know you're hunting to eat so you know in order you know they didn't get that drive right there at that young age where it's you know we got to hunt to get food and then as you progress through life now it's you know kids don't I'm not going to say all kids because that is not the case, but you know, a lot of our kids these days, they don't know what it's like to be hunted. So no, you don't know what it's no, like to go out there and have to hunt to, to, you know, to live basically. Yeah. So that's, I think that's kind of got a little part in it, but then yeah. again, it's too, it's, it's a lot of times it's like my son Blake, you know, it's like, it's just born into you. Yep. It is hundred yep. percent. And 100%. my kids were fortunate enough that my wife and I, you know, um, Back in the day, I was a process engineer and she was a dental hygienist and we both, you know, we lived okay. And, and so pretty much if they wanted something, they got it. And, you know, I guess now sometimes I think maybe that was a bad idea, but you know, they, (laughs) they had a lot of good things that I didn't have when I was young. Yeah. Well, and too, that's like when you're raising kids, you kind of want to give your kids a better life than what you had as well. Yeah. Absolutely. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Donnie, I think. I had a question for you. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, So, like, when you're growing up and stuff, this is one question I always like to ask because I can kind of go back and 
picture like who my main influencer was like that moment where you saw somebody on television or and like the vhs tapes that you watch was there one particular person you like had that light bulb moment like wow this this is something i want to pursue well the early days um i don't know if you guys have ever heard of miles keller hmm and i don't know if i have huh I don't think so I have. At one time back in like XI archery days and like years and years ago, Miles Keller at one time had the, I think, record number of Pope and Young Bucks recorded. Um, oh, wow. Now he was more of kind of who I looked up to and paid attention to anyway. I didn't, I didn't obviously know him real well or anything. I just, what I read and different things, but uh, him and like Barry and Gene Wenzel, um, okay, and then uh, Dan Fitzgerald. Have you ever heard of oh, him? Oh yeah, oh yeah, Fitzgerald. Oh yeah, Fitzgerald. yeah. So, so Dan yeah. was, you know, he. What I liked about him was, you know, all the grilling and cooking and eating, and you know, that was yeah. right in line with what I was all about. Now, right. you know, the, the other guys were more of, you know, kind of stepping it up for more mature animals, you know, than just the eating aspect. But all those guys really took play. And then as time went on, the early days for Mark and Terry Drury and Don Kiske, Jay Gregory, all those guys, you know, as far as yeah. starting to take it to the next level, um, you know, for shows and different things. So. Right. Yeah. That's, that's really all, kind of what kicked it off for me. Yeah. That's cool. It's, you know, to look back at the industry and see like, you'll notice these waves it kind of comes in waves like there was like that whole, you know, Bill Jordan, Michael Waddell, David Blanton wave, you know, with the juries and all that. It's it's crazy how the industry has evolved over the times. Yes. It's and that, you know, crazy. that's something else too. kind of back in the day. Um, you know, I obviously uh, Michael Waddell was still pretty young at the time so I, I didn't really catch on him. But like Monster Bucks videos with Bill Jordan yeah. and and Jackie Bushman with Buckmasters. And I'll, I'll tell you a funny story yep. about Buckmasters. So back, uh, I was still, I was in college, but I think maybe my freshman year, but this, this is still how wet behind the ears I was. So <laughs> I get a call from Buckmasters and they're like, first of all, I got a call from Buckmasters. I'm thinking, man, Buckmasters is calling me, you know. I'm thinking, man, I must have killed enough bucks. I'm they're getting their attention or something. Little did I know it was a salesperson, but you know, it was they were offering up a lifetime Buckmasters membership and they threw in a jacket with your name on it. And I was like, sign me up. I got that you know? call. I think I got that call somewhere or another. I think I did get that call one time. I think I gave him every penny in my account at that time so I could get the black <laughs> membership in that jacket. <laughs> yes. Take my money, Jackie. Like, all they wanted was my money back then, you know. They didn't care, but it's uh yeah. it's pretty interesting now to to think back on that and back in those early years and how much I've matured over time, even even in my young, you know, early twenties, you know, what what's changed and and then now, you know, uh, even going to this year, kind of fast forwarding and shooting a buck that uh, ended up as going to be the muzzle loading state record for Kansas in the Buckmaster BTR. Man, so I'm telling you, Donnie. Of, yeah, 
And, what and you know, another thing, he's going to be on the, the cover of Buckmaster magazine uh, later sometime this year. And so to go from that kid that, you know, thought I was getting attention to actually being on the cover, that's kind of a special moment to think back, you know. And, man, if I, I love it, Donnie, because it's I like me and you are on the same, same wavelength, man. I swear. It's like, you know, just like this last year, me being in, in North America, Whitetail, it's like, it's that dream that you have from a child. And it's like, now it's coming true. It just blows my mind. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And that's, that's the thing is, you know, I think everybody needs to stop and smell the roses every now and then. And, um, you know, I think sometimes we get caught up on different things, but if you think back when you're a kid and, you know, and you look and think about what you would think of yourself as an adult, you know, and how you've changed and, it, I'm, I'm guaranteed I'd be pretty impressed with myself at this point, you know, as far as oh, on yeah. the beer aspect anyway, you know. Oh, man, Donnie, yeah. anybody would be, man. Yeah. Yeah. That's ironic. We're talking about this. Me and John just had this conversation today, of, you know, looking back at, you know, where, where we're going. And, man, when we were kids, it was like, man, how do I become that guy on the TV, you know? Like, yeah. that's what, that's who I want to be. How do I get to do that job? Yes. <laughs> you know? yeah. And now it's like, wow, this is to see it kind of come to fruition. It's like, man, this is really happening. It's you put your mind to it. Never give up on it. Eventually so the outcome will happen. Absolutely. And, and what you said right there is putting your mind to it and doing what it takes to get done. You yeah. know, I've never been one of those that said, Oh, it must be nice. I mean, yeah, I mean, it, it must be nice on certain things, no doubt. But, right. you know, here's the deal. If you want something bad enough, you got to go get it. And here's mm -hmm. a prime example. You know, um, when after my mother-in-law passed and there was an opportunity, I was able to talk my wife and uh, persuade my kids to to move. So we literally moved out of state because I wanted to chase bigger whitetail. And that, that was my goal. That's what I wanted for years. And I convinced her to do it. And, uh, she was good enough and supported me. And here we are living in Kansas. Now we took a pit stop for a couple of years in Louisiana, but this was the plan to get either in Kansas or as close to Kansas as possible, because I knew that deer hunting was so much better here. Oh, yeah, so, absolutely. So if you think back and, you know, this ought to be a, a really uh, a story that anybody could use because I was a poor kid that didn't have anything. Grew up with just my dad, no money, no education, didn't have anybody teaching me about, you know, deer hunting or, you know, somebody to walk through. It was pretty much self-taught. And then here I am now I've shot two 200 inch bucks and, you know, you just got to have the drive. You got to have the passion and you got to be willing to, you know, make the sacrifices needed to get where you need to be. Now, that yeah. doesn't mean that I was going to come here and shoot 200, two 200 inch deer, but at least right. I'm going to put myself in the best position to shoot more mature bucks. And you fortunately, bet. I just had that opportunity. But I mean, there's nobody out there that can set and say, must be nice, must be your location. Well, uh, if you really want it, stop being lazy and put put in the it. effort. And you might, you know, you might not be able to do it at a young age. You know, I, there's no way I would have convinced my wife to move prior to her mother passing. Just wasn't going to happen. But when the time presents itself, if you can, 
jump on the opportunity and not everybody will have that opportunity, no doubt. But I mean, there's other things you can do too: work hard and book hunts or, you know, whatever you want, but yeah, don't make excuses if you really want it. That's, that's right. It. Absolutely. I've been you know, having... <laughs> there you go, Tyler. I know. I know where you're going. I know where you're going, Jonathan. <laughs> Me. So I'm actually in the middle. It's funny you're saying this. As you're saying this, Donnie, I'm laughing inside. So I know John's thinking the same thing. I'm in the middle of trying to convince my wife, hey, honey, I love killing big whitetail. Let's move to the Midwest out of Pennsylvania. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so it's, it's, you know, it it may not be in the cards in this very moment, but what you just said there at the end, you know, at the right moment when it presents itself, it'll present itself. And, uh, you know, it's it's something that us as hunters, it's always a dream to kill big white tail and stuff. And I think eventually, if you work, like you said, if you work hard for it, um, anything is possible. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, it's, I couldn't do it at an early age. I mean, man, what I would have loved to have done, I mean, I would have loved to have been out here and in my twenties and thirties. And when I had all that <laughs> extra energy and man, I'd have been all over the place, you know, and in right. the early years, you wasn't as much hunting competition out here early or earlier. Um, yeah. So things would have been different, but unfortunately I couldn't do that. So I did what was in my control and I did the best that I could and Hey, I'll take it, you know? Yeah, I, I really get tired of the hearing people on social media saying, you know, kind of dogging on people and high fence. We're killed on small acreage farms. And uh, uh, one was my own personal farm that I, you know, worked hard and saved money and bought land. And the other I've um, I lease. And I mean, so. Again, it goes yeah. back to th- those people that say that stuff. They just don't want to work hard for it. You know? Yeah. Yep. I swear to the, the haters, phrase that I, the phrase yeah. I hate the most, Donnie, is just what you said. It must be nice. That yeah, one yeah, just, nice. that one just get pushes my button so bad. Just, oh, it must be nice to kill a big deer. Well, you know yeah. what? I've worked hard for it, and I'm sorry. No matter what you say, you're not ever taking that away from me. So, right. Right. And you know, yeah. like the CEO of my company makes a lot more money than I do, but I ain't going to sit and cry about it. If, if I want his job and I want to make that, then I'm going to have to work a lot harder, you know, but I'm going to have to be yeah. focused to that. It's all what you want. Yeah. That's, you know? That's what and it is. Life's not all about money, you know, but it, sometimes it makes it nice, but yeah, you know, it kind of helps it's all about balance, you know, and you know, yeah. I'll, I'll never be able to afford, I, I just don't have the drive now at this point in my life to, to work super hard, make a ton of money where, so I'm not going to be probably the guy that's going to be traveling all over the state all the time and hunting a bunch. I mean, I've got to work a full-time job and, you know, I hunt mostly on the weekends and maybe a few evenings and here and there through the week, but I'm pretty much your average normal guy, you know, for the most part. Just with you're a big buck killer, Donnie. For deer. You're, yeah, you're you're a big buck killer, Donnie Monroe. <laughs> well, I appreciate. And you're very humble, very humble about it too, Donnie. That's for sure. Shooting two two bucks over two hundred is not a small feat, man. No, no, it's not. It's I mean, you know, they could have been. I mean, I shot a mature buck just two years ago. It was only 130 inch deer because I didn't have anything that was big um that was mature and and really big that i wanted to chase plus 
what I did actually helped out because this buck was bullying. There was a, a 10 point and then the buck I ended up killing last year that he came in and was bullying them. And I, I can tell you because I've got enough trail cam photos and trail cameras all over the place and just kind of watch. And he came in and ran those deer out. And uh, I made the decision real quick. I'm going to kill him. Number one, he's mature. Even though his rack isn't big, he's still a mature buck. And that still gets me excited. Number yeah. two, by doing that, it's going to allow if those other bucks come back and I figured they would, it's going to allow them to kind of take over that core area because, you know, when those bucks are three to four years old, it's pretty critical on, you know, where they're comfortable at on where they're going to stay, you know, as they get older, right. they tend to move around quite as much. And so I shot that deer and uh, I was happy and put my Kansas tag on him for the year. And then within two weeks, both those bucks were back and uh, then he, you know, they stayed and, and then, you know, I ended up killing that giant last year. So, Donnie, you killed that, uh, you killed that bully eight on Halloween, right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. But that, that's, that's a heck of a buck I'm looking at right now. God, the body on that thing is, he looked like a horse of a deer old in the face. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And my, oh, yeah, first, my first, oh, go ahead. on my, um, on my personal property. So I, I've got one show that's up. Uh, so now, you know, I, uh, film for team 200 TV. And, um, before that I was with white knuckle productions. So there's one year that I was with white knuckle and I shot a 172 inch buck over a decoy in a pick cornfield footage was amazing. And then that same year I did that, I passed the buck that I killed the following year who I nicknamed pinhead because he had a bunch of different stickers and kickers and a drop time. And, uh, I passed him as 175 inch deer because at the time my neighbor had a lot of CRP around, there wasn't a lot of hunting pressure and I felt like that deer could make it. Now it was a gamble and right. he would have been the biggest deer in my life at the time, but I was willing to gamble and rolled the dice Still ended up killing a 172 and got that great, you know, that footage and it was great. And then uh, by passing him the following year, I ended up killing that, uh, my which was my first 200 inch buck. Um, and that's Pinhead and ended up going 209 and had a nine and a quarter inch drop time. And that's pretty special when all that self film and, you know, um, I, you know, you do it all on your own property and you watch him go down and it's just, it was such an amazing deal. And then, so my first year filming for team 200, they ended up taking that 2017 kill and with the 2018 kill, the pinhead kill and putting that in one uh, show. And man, to me, that's been my pinnacle so far, my bow hunting career. And that's, 172 inch deer and a 209 in the same show and just the footage wow. and it's all self video almost all the video footage i did on my own uh my wife probably helped me a little bit like setting a stand or whatever you know but for the most part i did everything on my own and it's just so rewarding so hell even if i never killed another deer i'm already satisfied so everything else oh, especially this past year that's icing on the cake you know <laughs> Oh yeah. You know, 
I have to tell people, you know, I was uh, the one I killed back in 2020, that, that buck had just over 200. And I was like, that is it. Like, I will never kill another deer bigger than that. And then the next year I top that one. So, like I said, yeah. you, you never know. You just never know what might happen, what might pop up and, and where the next year I'll take you, especially when you live in, a, in the Midwest, man. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like I'm not going to say Kansas is for everybody. There's other states that have good – um, regulations that help promote, you know, big deer. Um, Indiana's gotten better, um, but I still, it still wouldn't be my pick of the litter unless you just have lots of ground and you have a lot of control. But, um, yeah. but there's some other really, really good states. And, um, and I think there's opportunity for that. And there's good deer everywhere. So don't get me wrong. Obviously, I mean, uh, you know, my buddy Tarif in, down in Texas, he's got some phenomenal deer. And, and a lot of people think of South Texas and big deer and wide deer and fence deer. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's not all like that, obviously. And that that's kind of a sleeper situation. But they're they're all over. But the whole thing is just like a business. You know, the key to success a lot of times is location, location, location. And it falls right in the same suit as far as deer hunting. It's not oh, like... Yeah it's not like you couldn't kill a giant in Pennsylvania because they're there. Right. But your oh, odds yeah. of killing one and killing big deer consistently, mature deer is pretty slim, you know? Yeah. Yep. So if yep. you move, you increase your odds and that's kind of what it's all about. You know, and I mean, look that's at you, John, I mean, already killing two at your age. I mean, Hell, by the time you get to my age, you might have 15. Don't you know? <laughs> <laughs> sir, if that's the case, then, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. You know, if I hit, if I hit three, I'm going to – I'm already happy with, with my hunting career. But even if I get to three, that's going to be – that's going to be pretty awesome. But Well, hey, yeah, I'll probably be dead and gone by the time you get to number 15. But when you do, make sure you stop and have a beer and think of me talking about you bet. <laughs> absolutely donnie you bet i will brother absolutely that's a promise yeah that's awesome i i wanted to ask you donnie so i i was looking um your wife shot a heck of a buck this past year um yeah. and i watched a little bit of the clips on there and i just didn't know if you wanted to touch on that that what a video just watching that i was on the edge of my seat like is he coming is he committed and man when he commits wow and he comes across that field <laughs> yeah we're gonna have a we're gonna have one hell of a show this summer um uh she and i both shot our biggest bucks ever um we, well let me back up a minute so you know having that archery shop and all that stuff i'm pretty sure that's what wore my kids out to around hunting but she didn't want yeah. anything to do with it back then and it was kind of funny that, you know, I got them persuaded. Well, they kind of fell off and then she picked up, you know, we moved out here and then all of a sudden she kind of started wanting to get into hunting. I've taken her a couple of times before she, we, you know, moved out here, but it wasn't like she was really into it. But since right. she's, yeah, she, this is, so this was number three she's killed now and all with a crossbow and we've got them all on film. And, um, but this was a pretty special year. We both killed our biggest bucks to date and uh the buck she killed was uh ended up being 165 and six wow. eight and oh just God. a gnarly seven-year-old horse yeah he was massive and he owned that area and um we ended up 
actually uh he came down into this alfalfa field and he'd been he pushed some does out of this timber and i saw him i'm like oh shit it's getting ready to get down you know and i knew where he's gonna end up you know and uh, i'm trying to coach her and get her prepared which really she had everything golden i should have just been concentrating on the deer but he he came down in that field and but he was just kind of like he the decoy was out there we had a decoy in front of us and he was just content uh because nobody was challenging him and uh he owned the field he was the king and well he had a three-year-old with him and i grunted at him a couple times they didn't hear anything and I grunted a little louder, and the three-year-old heard it, but he still didn't hear. He's probably like me, getting old and can't hear as well. <laughs> so, um, I I had actually Esh calls. They make a grunt call for us. It gets really loud, and it sounds really good. It's a Team 200 grunt call. But I also, just in case, because he was a pretty good ways across the field, they make a rattle bag. And it's a lot easier for me to carry the rattle bag than it is a uh, uh, set of antlers like I used to always carry. And when you have all that camera equipment and everything, I mean, it's, it's a lot, you know, Ozonics, oh, yeah. it's just so much. And so anyway, but I always want to have that cause you never know. And he was kind of going the other way a little bit. And uh, so I, I hit that rattle bag just a little bit and he didn't hear it, but the three-year-old was really paying attention and I grunted again, still didn't hear it. Well, then I cracked that sucker. And then he spun, and I grunted and snort wheeze, and here he come, man. He was all about it. Oh. So as he's coming across, I'm telling her to get ready, which she's already ready. She's ready to go. She knows what to do. You know, I'm just, it's just me trying to, I'm, I'm probably more nervous than she is, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> and so I'm like, he gets halfway across the field and again he loses interest and goes back to eating i'm like you gotta be kidding me so i grunted at him and snort wheeze one more time and that's all it took that closed the deal he came oh. up in front of that decoy and stood in front of us for probably two minutes in front of that decoy and started scraping the ground had snot running from his nose i mean there were dirt clods flying and we got wow. all this um, footage it's freaking phenomenal and oh uh he and i are talking back and forth and finally he turns and he's had enough of this deer and she shoots that sucker and when she does he jumps and turns and look at looks at the decoy and he's like that dude just hit me but he wasn't sure what to do and then he realized something <laughs> wasn't right he ran off and turned he probably ran i don't know 25 yards turned back and looked again like I can't believe he hit me, you know, and then, and then it was really set in like something's not right. And he ran off and man, it's, wow. he, he dropped in the field and we were high-fiving and I was super excited. And we uh, ended up, we went up and filmed, you know, going up to him and everything. And then we were going back to get the truck and meeting the kids to help us load him up. And we're driving back to get him. And I noticed she was on the phone and I'm like, really? You're on the phone and we're in this moment, you know? Well, I had no idea what she was doing. We were still in the blind. She watched the deer go down. And she had posted on Facebook on her own BBD. And then 
So when we were driving back there, she's responding to people that are making comments and she's all engaged in this thing, you know, and she's fired up and here I thought she was just screwing around on the phone, you know, so it was just kind of funny. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That is funny. So we well, had a great yeah. time, but yeah, I mean, for me, I, hers was 165 and six eights and mine was 230 and four eights. That's a lot of inches in one year for two deer and one family, you know. That's, that's, man, that's, that's awesome, Donnie. Wow. Yeah. That's yeah. super cool, man. Yeah. Speaking oh. of that, do you, uh, do you want to go into that buck that you killed, that 230 you just mentioned? Do you want to go into, uh, kind of how the hunt went with him? Yeah. So, so that deer, um, the year prior, um, you know, when I shot that eight point, um, that deer really wasn't even on my radar that, would be a shooter i mean you know i planned on in a couple years you know hopefully but for the following year no way i mean he was probably 155 and he was a three-year-old so normally i don't target them until they're five plus right well so and there was a 10 point very typical really nice 10 um he was probably 155 maybe pushing 160 probably 155. Um, and I thought, man, he needs another year. So I killed the eight point. They stuck around. So I'm going into this season thinking that 10 is going to be my primary, uh, focal point as far as a target buck. And, um, so as time's going on, I, so I'm running uh 30 six mineral along the edge of a cornfield and I got a lone wolf camera set up, uh, uh trail camera. And I ended up picking up this buck that came in there. And I realized that um, he had some splits and some different stuff. And I'm like, I think that's that same deer. But he was still still kind of early on. So I couldn't tell what he was going to be for sure. Well, right. he kept kind of coming in there. And in that time frame, he was putting on inches quick, as you can imagine. Wow. And so I already told you what he finished out as far as a gross so that deer went from approximately 155 to 230 and six eights or four eights. That's a lot of wow. inches. That, I mean, holy wow. smokes, Donnie. 80 yeah. inches of antler? Yes. Yes. Wow. And, and I've got the pictures to prove it. I mean, and that's the only reason as a four-year-old. I mean, not only that, but he was transitioning uh, off the property in daylight hours. And I knew that my uh somebody was gonna kill him and i really thought about it because i i primarily bow hunt i really rarely take out a gun but i had my muzzle loader um uh, and it was ready to go it's always ready to go and i always shoot them and make sure things are going because you never know you know as a deer hunter you want to be prepared for whatever so and i just right. put on a new uh scope this year and i was sighting it in over the summer and had everything ready anyway so but it, it went like it was the Monday that season came in and I had that deer pretty patterned as far as as consistent as you can get on one, you know, and it was that Monday. But I was waiting for the wind to be right and things had to be right because the way that where he was bedding, the structure was and how I had to slip in, everything had to be perfect for a bow hunting setup where I could slip in and slip out without being detected. Yeah. Well, 
as I'm talking to a buddy of mine about the conditions and when to go in, I'm like, Wednesday was the first red moon. And I'm like, man, the wind is not right. The wind wasn't going to be right from what the forecast said until like the following Sunday or Monday. And I'm thinking, man, there's no way. I don't, I don't know if he'll make it, you know, because of the neighbors. Yeah. And uh, yeah. anyway, so that, that day, Monday, during the day, I thought about it because there's a hillside right there. And I thought, man, with that structure, sometimes, you know, wind currents will change on the way structures are. And, you know, depending on if I got up high enough, the wind might blow over anyway or be at a different level to where he's not going to pick it up. And I thought, I'm just going to take my muzzleloader. I'm going in there the first day. I'm going to slip in. I'm going to find a tree to set up next to and, you know, take my camera, take all my Ozonics, take everything I got. And I'm going to set up. And if I can get in a spot and I'll be testing the wind and if it's good, I'll stay there and I'll try to kill him. And if it's not, I'll back out. So I had everything ready. I had, I loaded up my quiet cat. I took everything with me, my Ozonics. I even took uh raw, we use raw frozen scents and they've got a, a, it's a calming scent. And uh, so I took that and I'm spraying it around and I've got the Ozonics going. I'm checking the wind, the wind's good. And I'm like, man, I think it's good. You know, as long as something doesn't change the last minute, I should be good. The only problem was, is my window was very, very narrow to where I could shoot him. Uh, I slipped down a little bit, broke some branches, made it as good as I could, but I had to have all my camera gear ready. I had to have everything pointing the right direction. I had to have my gun set just right because the plan was as soon as I saw any movement, even before I could tell what the deer was, I had to turn my camera on and get ready to pull the trigger. I mean, basically cock my gun and get ready to pull the trigger. Wow. So it got close to low light and I saw movement, turn the camera on just like I'd practice. I'd sit there. And so back in the early days when I'd done the target shooting and done the spot shooting, I went through a book called Positive Mental Imagery, Positive Mental Imagery. And it's all about basically you see yourself do something and you kind of practice that and you embed it to where it when you go to do it, it's almost subconscious. So there's no mistakes, right. and you're consistent and prepared. So essentially, that's what I did. I had everything ready to go. Perfect. I had the camera zoomed to the angle or the, the zoom that I wanted. I had it facing the right way. I had everything set up saw the movement, turn the camera on, come back to the gun. And I look and it's him. That's how quick. And he's already walking in my shooting window, cock the gun, throw it up, put it on him. And right before he gets behind the last tree that I could shoot, I stop him. And he stopped. Boom. And he swung around and he left my sight. And uh, I just got all my gear, got my quiet cat backed out of there called some friends and got them to come help and uh man the track job was very short matter of fact he died like 40 yards i just couldn't see it that's how tight it was i couldn't tell where he yeah. was but so to walk up on him was just freaking phenomenal you know and the good <laughs> yeah. thing is too which kind of worked out because i knew he'd been going through that area and i already had a trail camera down there on video mode so, and it was a little bit before then, because 
I thought this deer was on his own, but after reviewing that footage, there was actually a year and a half old buck that was following behind him. And he came through first, so it's got some pre-reel of him coming through. And then he exits the frame, a little year and a half buck comes in, and then you hear me shoot, and then you see my buck come running back past. And that was pretty freaking <laughs> awesome. And, oh my and gosh, heck yeah. Him, you know, but, so then obviously, you know, you had the celebration and bringing him back and, you know, showing yes. him to the kids and I had some friends come down and look at him and uh, we rough scored him, but he had so many dang points and inches and stuff. We ended up thinking he was like, if you look back at my post, I think you'll see, I think we I said he was 224 or something, but we just missed adding something up and, yeah. uh, but he was a he was officially scored by two different scorers and checked and and then just knowing how some people can be unfortunately I was worried so the next day I called the game wardens down there and I took them down there that I called one and another one came with him I think they suspected something funny because most people don't call the game warden to talk about a buck they shot and I let him I told him everything man and and I'll tell you what. I felt like I was a criminal at first because they were pounding me. They were asking questions. I had to show them where I was. They were asking all kinds of details, but they did a thorough investigation. And it wasn't until the very end that they started relaxing and realizing that I was being honest and truthful. And I just wanted to make sure that, you know, they saw everything at the time so they could see the evidence. And uh, so my name would be cleared in case somebody tried to, you know, say yeah. after the fact. That was kind of the same thing That's I did. Cool. I did too, Donnie. Before I ever moved the deer or anything, just had them come and make sure everything's legit. Because you never know when somebody's going to. All I had pictures of that deer, and the only way he would have killed it was if he was on my property and spotlighted the dang at night. And it's like, no, you know what? We're just going to squash it right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I did actually hear somebody say, "Oh, you killed that on an outfitter's place," and I'm like, "No, oh, that wasn't the case." <laughs> There was no outfitter involved. Um, everything was <laughs> all on my own. Yeah, I now, always, Donnie too. Uh, I always, uh, I always say, Donnie, if you got haters, you're doing something right. That's true. That's very that's true. Right. Yep. So now, Donnie, when you uh, when you killed the buck and stuff, did you have any idea that he was going to end up being the Kansas State BTR record for muzzleloader? No, no, not at all. Matter of fact, honestly, guys, I. I would have never had that deer officially scored. I I would have stuck with 224, what we got that night, and I'd have rolled with it. I mean, who the hell wouldn't be happy with 224, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But um, when we posted some stuff on social media, a guy reached out to me. Uh, Steve Stillwell was his name, and uh, he said, hey, is anybody writing a story on that? And I said, not yet. I mean, it just happened, you know, and he's like, well, consider somebody reaching out to you. He said, I'll be getting a hold of you, you know. And anyway, so um, he's the one that contacted Buckmasters and wrote the story for Buckmasters, which it hasn't been published yet, but it'll it'll end up being sometime this year. It'll be a cover story. And uh, when he did, though, and they was talking to him, they said, well, they they're all about it, but they wanted officially scored uh, by one of their scorers. And so that's what drove me to have somebody score it. And that's when okay. that was two thirty and four eight. So I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" Well, I still <laughs> had no idea that he was the um, state record. And then uh, 
I can't remember if it was a score or I'm wanting to think it was Steve that said, I think it was Steve because I think he relayed all that information to Buckmasters. And I think he ended up contacting me back and saying, Hey, did you know you've shot the new state record for muzzleloader or black powder, whatever they <laughs> call it? And I'm like, no. He's like, yeah. <laughs> And it'd be like oh, seven eighths of an inch or something crazy, but Dang, wow. that's awesome, man. Yeah. Wow. I mean, whether it was or it wasn't, it's still amazing. But to add it, it is pretty cool to add to the story. And you know, and then to get the cover story is gonna be awesome. And um I I didn't even know this, but there's been there's been a story written on outdoor life and field and stream about it, which I didn't know about those, but um uh, a guy I know sent me a picture of a cover of uh, it's Whitetail Institute's magazine, and it's on the cover of that. It's the cover story, and I didn't even have a clue it was going to be on there. So it must wow, have been one of those writers reached out to him, but I don't even have a copy of the dang magazine, and it's out. There. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's great. It's kind of like we're in the same boat, Donnie, because uh, you know Rack Magazine, who you know is. Buckmasters, basically, yeah. but it's Rack yeah. Magazine. You know, they reached out to me not long after I killed my deer last year, awesome. and he's supposed to be on the cover in September. But now they're whole. They had some printing issues or something with a printing company, and I'm still waiting for that one to come out because he'll be on the cover of Rack Magazine. I think oh, this man. next issue that comes out. Yeah, you have to send me one when you get one. You got to. Oh, absolutely, man. That's awesome. Heck yeah, That's yeah. Awesome. I'd- I ended up reaching out to them and asking them if they could send me some. That's the least they can do, I think. But oh yeah, absolutely, man. That's that's but so yeah. cool though. It's like I, I love it, Donnie, because it's it's almost like you and I almost had the same stories as far as growing up, and then kind of just everything how it's come to fruition. You know, with yep. these, you know, mine was he grows two thirty and or just about two thirties, two twenty nine and five eights, but you know he's two thirty to me. That's two thirty. Yeah. <laughs> So it's just really awesome how, you know, our stories are kind of, you know, aligning. I just think it's great. And I, I absolutely just almost idolize you, Donnie, because, I, I mean, you are the guy that I strive to be. Well, uh, whoa, you're putting a lot of pressure on me, but, man, that's uh... – Everybody wants to be Donnie, man. Yeah. Everybody oh, yeah. wants to be Donnie. <laughs> hey, I appreciate that. that. That means a lot to me. It really does. Heck yeah, Donnie, you're a good man. You, um, you guys, uh, you guys are doing great, and you know, I'm as young as you are, you got a bright future, and you know, you guys obviously have a lot of drive, and you know, and meeting you guys up at uh, the Big Buck Classic here in Kansas was awesome, and you know, it's it's really good to see you guys kind of taking that and you know, starting to take this stuff to the next level because us old guys are dying off, you know. <laughs> We appreciate that, Donnie. I hope I have a few years left in me, but yeah. Oh, you got a few. Yeah, Yeah, you do. Heck yeah, you do, Donnie. Yeah, Donnie. uh, So uh, go ahead, John. Yeah, that's no, yeah. uh, So that's really awesome. You know, it's it's kind of cool too that we're you know we're a part uh, both a part of Osseo Camo now too, which Tyler and I were just talking before we got you on here how fired up we are to to be partnered up with them as well, man. So kind of want to get your opinion. I I know I got my opinion. I think they're great, but. You know, I just kind of want to get your opinion on what you uh, think of Osseo and how you guys kind of got hooked up with them too. So I, I've known Joe. I, I don't know him real well, um, but a friend of mine knows him real well. A couple guys that I know know him real well. Um, but I've known him for a few years, and 
um, found out he was starting that. And, you know, before Osseo, we were sponsored by Sitka. Um, and everybody knows Sitka's, you know, high quality stuff. And when uh, going to Osseo, I can tell you that what I like about it is initially started kind of Western big game hunting and they've gotten into whitetail and they've produced great clothing. Um, I'm definitely not going to say anything bad about them because it is good clothing. But the thing about um, Joe's clothing and he's just starting. So who knows where he's going to end up, but man, some of that stuff is really good. It's not quite as expensive. Um, And like one thing, like when it's hot out, like those pants that I wore when I killed my buck, they're the, the early season pants. They're real lightweight and they've got a zipper down the side. So they can vent out and keeps you from sweating. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just little things like that. The, uh, um, I think I had like four different Sitka backpacks trying to find one that just worked for me and my whitetail setup for, you know, the gear that I needed and my camera gear and everything. And I just, they had one that I liked, but it still just wasn't everything I wanted. And, Joe's pack is everything so far. I'd, I haven't found anything negative and um, I can fit everything that I want in it and I still have room. So it is, it's super. And um, you know, I, the only thing that I really, I wore one time and that was really probably just to get out in the woods because unfortunately, you know, I didn't really get to go out bow hunting on my own uh, this year, but I did, I did go out one evening and I thought about shooting a doe and then I decided against it because we had plenty of deer meat and, uh, we just got a half a beef. So the freezer is pretty full, but, um, (laughs) but I, I did wear the heavier clothing and, and, and it, it was just as good and kept me really warm and it was pretty darn cold out then. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this year and I'm looking forward to getting back out there bow hunting. Um, uh, you know, I've been shooting Hoyt bows. It was my very first bow. We're sponsored by Hoyt. Um, I, I having that archery shop for 20 years. We sold a lot of Hoyts over the years. I've even worked with Hoyt's engineer and designed a, a bow back in the day. It was actually, it was a combination of two different bows that they already had the parts for, but they ended up specially making it for me. And it was called a razor tech and we put spiral cams on them. And then they ended oh, up selling awesome. to the public. So it was, it was pretty awesome. It was a fast bow back in the day. And, but I, I've, uh, really been partial to Hoyt, but we've sold a lot of other stuff too, a lot of other bows and, you know, I've mm-hmm. shot different things over the years, but, but yeah, I really, I love archery. I love hunting. Um, I love bow hunting and I'm ready to get back out there and, and I can't get enough, even though, even though like this deer that I'm chasing this year, um, you know, he's not going to be a 200 inch deer. I, I doubt it unless something crazy happens, but, um, but he's going to be a fully mature deer and I'm excited. It's, it's all about the hunt, the chase, you know, and trying to figure out how to get in close and, and kill one of these mature bucks. And they're not all going to score. I mean, they're not all going to score, make 150. They're not all going to make 160. I mean, it's all about just the mature deer and, uh, inches on you know are just a you know a bonus you know and um, yeah i agree i'm just waiting for this dang buck that i'm wanting to chase next year i'm waiting for him to drop before i can go in to do any serious shed hunting and no i've got a i've got a shed dog king and 
I, I take him out some, but we haven't went into some good areas cause there's too many bucks still packing, you know? And it's like, yeah, I think wow. he's starting to give up on me. <laughs> my, my dog. Daddy. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, come on, dad. Like, what are we doing here? I'm like, it's yeah. time. I'm like, let's go, dad. Come on now. He's just like, well, I might as well <laughs> swim in the Creek or something, you know? I mean, Right. Yeah, at least take right. me out. Let me run around. Come on now. Let me sniff some logs and some badger holes. Come on, Dad. Yep. Yep. So hopefully it won't be much longer. Another week or so, and maybe they'll more of them will drop and we'll get in there. But I I am not going in there until that dude drops. So yeah, uh, that's for sure. I hear you. So Donnie, too. Uh, what are your uh, some of kind of your favorite hunting memories? I know you know your big buck that you just killed. I know that's got to be one of your favorite ones. What are some of like say? with your wife or with your kids, what's a couple of like your favorite hunting memories? Um, so, uh, with my wife, it was just this past buck. Cause that was freaking amazing. Um, yeah. that, that, that was a show in its own. And then just to experience that with her and that was her first decoy encounter, you know, as far as shooting one over a decoy, she's had other bucks come into the decoy, but, um, but a first mature buck and the reaction that we got was awesome. Um, that was the number one there. Um, another one was, um, back when my oldest son, his first deer, um, he shot a doe on a food plot that we planted. And, and I just remember, man, he had his, after he shot that his tongue was sticking out of his mouth and going all over and he was all, <laughs> Just super excited, you know. And, and yes. His face and you know that, that was really special. And then the, the same boy, uh, when he was ten, we went down to Kentucky on a turkey hunt, and I called this uh, Tom off this hillside, crossed the creek, and here he comes across the field that we're in, and Ross had his gun out one window and. Being 10, we didn't practice a whole lot, but we practiced moving his gun and taking care of it. But I normally tried to help him some, but man, I didn't help anything. I ran the camera and he repositioned that gun, put it on him and bam, nailed him at 30 yards and dropped that sucker. And it, it was just, it was really cool. Was <laughs> That's awesome. Just how he handled himself yeah. at that age, you know. Oh, um, man, I love it. Yeah, and then, you know, it's... Uh, my youngest son, Ben, he, he shot out here. He shot a really nice buck and we thought that it was actually a smaller, like three-year-old that, you know, might've been 110 inches. Uh, but I mean, it was still exciting regardless, but let me tell you that deer was huge and man, you want to talk about ground growing that thing. When we got up to it, I'm like, Oh my God, this thing's fully mature. I mean, he's five plus, uh, wow huge body and um he was 135 or six i can't remember for sure as just an eight point you know which that's a big eight point you know but that his body point. made his rack look small you know and right um, and oh but before he killed that we saw a giant um this was actually probably even more special um we saw this giant that I nicknamed crown Royal and uh, giant deer, super tall. Uh, I've, I found five sheds of his. We never did kill him. I, he got hit by a car and uh, was oh. limping around and ended up dying somewhere. And I couldn't even find him, which, so it was a, oh, it was sad. a sad, yeah, it was a sad deal. Oh but, man. 
but before he killed that deer, we saw that deer out of the blind. And I remember the first time I gave Ben binoculars and I said, look at, look at this deer. And he looked out the back window that, and saw that deer because it kind of at an angle towards the back of us. And when he laid his eyes on him, he goes, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> hey, sorry if this is PG, but I'm just telling you. No, I'm man. Like, he's pretty young. I'm like, oh, boy. You know, he was fired up. Yeah. I got home and I told his it? mom what he said in front of him. And he was like. I didn't say that, man. He got all defensive. I mean, it was hilarious. (laughs) It it was freaking awesome. I love that, man. That is so cool. (laughs) He's probably heard his dad say that a few times, you know, unfortunately. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You put a couple couple 200s on the wall. I guarantee you're about (laughs) to say that word. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it was awesome though to hear him and just see him. And then, man, he'll still argue to this day that he didn't say that. And I'm—I guarantee you, you said that because I heard you plain as day. You know, <laughs> you were focused on the giant deer. You don't really know what came out of your mouth, but I do. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's great, oh, Johnny. That's great. I wanted to—I uh, wanted to ask you, what's it like fighting a marlin? Huh. Well, let me tell you. Um, so I, I caught a sailfish first and uh, okay. we went to Miami, my wife and I, and I remember the first time that was been a few years ago and fighting that thing. Um, it fought so hard and it stayed down and I'm like, Oh my gosh, it was wearing me out. And I, I told the first mate, I'm like, man, I, I'm like, you might have to take over. Like, and I'm like, there ain't no way she's doing it. You know, cause Sherry was with me and she was going to catch one. There's no way she can handle this. And he goes, man, they don't all fight like this. This is really a tough one. And we finally got him in and I took a break and then, uh, Sherry ended up catching one and, and handled it. And it did not fight near the same. And we ended up catching five that day, which is phenomenal. Really kind of unheard of in Miami catching five out of six. Um, so then we went this past December, went to Cabo San Lucas and went out um, on a boat called Ole Ole. And um, we went out there and we saw well and saw sea turtles, Very cool. and sea lions, and I mean, all kinds of stuff. It was freaking That's awesome. And caught this huge marlin. And I guess it's for that area, it's like a really, really like it would be like shooting a you know, a 170 plus inch deer, you know, I mean, it's just a big Marlin and it fought and man, it was peeling off drag. And I think I was so worried about losing the fish because I really wanted to catch a Marlin. Like that was on my bucket list. And, you know, that whole saying, I caught me a Marlin, you know, so it was like (laughs) really in my head, I wanted to catch a dang Marlin. Instead of, um, using my body to pull back and then reel down. I kept using my left bicep and I'm right-handed anyway. So that's my weakest bicep. And man, all of a sudden it started cramping up and that fish is paying offline. And uh, I ended up getting my stuff together and get my act together, but I actually did. uh, I had the first mate help me for about five minutes. He took it over. So, I didn't, I didn't keep it on the whole time, but let me tell you, my arms were wore out and it was 45 minutes straight 
of just oh, wow oh yeah. my gosh and and, and <laughs> when i so got awesome. in close to the boat and then he peeled off and i thought my goodness this thing's right <laughs> and then oh we pulled him in i'm like it ain't no reason no wonder he was you know fighting that hard i mean this is a big dang fish so wow wow so That's we took incredible. him in and measured him and and we're having a replica made so it's going to be in the house and it'll be pretty awesome that is very cool <laughs> definitely on the bucket list for me as well yeah 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 call me when you're ready to go i'll uh heck yeah donnie we'll go catch some more hey we already booked another trip for next year now i'm not gonna mount another one but yeah i'm ready to go now this year i'll be more prepared (laughs) yeah beautiful fish though i mean the colors on them i bet you out in the sun too i bet it's breathtaking to see you, you know what's funny is actually both the selfish and the marlin when you look at them and they're in the water and you're, you can physically see them in the water the yeah. colors are so vibrant and they just look amazing but i don't know if it's is that right uh because you take them out of the water if it has something to do with the sun or just by touching them they you know they change a little bit but when you pull them out they don't look as colorful as they do in the water from from what wow. I see, um, yeah. But I, I don't know if it's if it's just that fact of you know the sun and how it's going through the water and and right. reflecting off or something or or like I said, if they just once you catch them, they're like oh you know and just change a little bit. I, I don't know, but it either yeah. way, it, it is it's freaking awesome. And honestly, guys, it's it's very similar to a rush of shooting a big deer. The only difference well, I, is I instead of releasing an arrow, I mean, you're held onto that dude for 45 minutes. Trying I was going to gonna say, it's that workout of sitting there trying to pull that sucker in. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> they have to strap you into a chair, John. Yeah, yeah you would. <laughs> you would have to help me out, I think, big guy. You'd, you'd have to pull up, and I'm real. Yeah, I'd take the real for you, buddy. Chair, I, I could have, I, uh, it would have been a lot easier, but I didn't have him in a chair until the last little bit, like the last wow. five minutes. And uh, that's just because I got tired of staying. And they're like, here, get in the chair. Because we didn't know if the dude was going to take off again or what, but he finally gave in. We wore him out. But Jeez, yeah, it, that's it was awesome. It was sweet. I'd be ready so for a nap cool. after that one. Well, we uh, were yeah. pretty much done. We were, Sherry's like, I, I don't think she wanted any part of that after. And uh, <laughs> we we decided uh, we were going to try to go find some tuna. And then we just decided, you know what, we've had a hell of a day. So we actually cut the trip a little early even. But yeah. it, it was such an awesome moment. You know, I mean, uh, we're not greedy people, you know, and you you enjoy something and you have a good moment. Well, you don't have to keep going and keep shooting and keep digging or keep fishing. I mean, it's yep. enjoy what yeah. you got, you know? Yeah. That's a hundred percent. Reflect about, reflect on what you just accomplished. Yeah, exactly. Yep. We've truly been blessed. We've been blessed by a lot of different things for sure. Yeah. So. Well, Donnie, I honestly believe that good things happen to good people. And I think that that's why all these uh, good things have happened in your life. Cause you know, you and your family are good people, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. I would That's think so. Dangerous. That that and hard work, I think I think the Lord pays you back for all the hard work you put into things too, you know. And that combination definitely helps. Yep. Hundred percent, man. Well yeah, uh, Tyler, any other questions you got for Donnie? No, Donnie. I mean that's uh it's a pleasure having you on here. 
and uh, it was awesome seeing you again in Kansas. Hopefully, hopefully it doesn't take a whole year till we see you again. I would love to one day share the woods with you, man. Heck yeah, heck yeah. Well, if you guys are ever this way, we've got we got plenty of room. You guys can stay up this way. I know John's out west, Kansas, but uh, yeah, you know if you guys are ever in this this region at all, just let me know. We'll we'll hook up, or if you're just passing through, let me know. We'll hook up and have some dinner or something. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. That's awesome. And uh, Donnie, that. any kind of any plugs you want to put in about Team Two Hundred, or you know your Hoyt bows or anything like that before we get off here. Yeah, the, um, so for Team 200, you can watch all of our previous episodes uh, that have aired previously on Waypoint TV, um, waypointtv.com or Waypoint TV app. And you can watch all that. You can stream it all on a laptop, computer, your phone, whatever. And you can do that for free. It doesn't cost anything. Uh, and you can watch that that one show I was telling you about, Pinhead and... Um, that 172 inch deer that I'm telling you, I don't care who you are. I about guarantee you'll love that show. That's a heck of a show. Oh yeah. Uh, And and I, I know I'm biased, but I really do believe that that no matter who you are, that's, they're going to say that's a damn good show. Yeah. Uh, I've watched it. I can vouch. It's awesome. (laughs) Did you? I know know what I'm doing. I'm, I know what I'm doing after we get off this podcast. Yeah, You you need to check it out, Tyler, because it's freaking (laughs) awesome. Yeah, and to yeah. Know, you know, if you if people didn't know before, just to know that all that self videoed and done, you know, and and it's done on small tracts of land, and you know, and and you know, gambling to you know past deer. I mean, there's a lot of information there that you know. I mean, you know, people can learn from and absolutely, and, you know, push forward. Maybe maybe it'll incentivize somebody to kind of just you know, or persuade them to you know dig a little harder this year and maybe make some changes. If it's not this year, maybe plan for the future, but that's right. Uh, yep. Always give it awesome. looking forward. And then this, uh, um, this coming this summer, everything that all of our shows that we filmed last year will be aired on uh, team 200 TV that airs on the pursuit channel. Awesome. And uh, yeah. And then after the pursuit channel, everything will air on the pursuit channel first. And then later in the fall, they'll be released to Waypoint TV. Nice. So Very you can, cool. yeah. So it it'll be awesome. And then you know we've got, um, in my opinion, if if you don't use an Ozonics, uh, you need to look at it because that's definitely a, a very helpful tool. Um, you know, raw frozen sense. Uh, they've got the calming scent I told you about. Plus, there's times where if the wind's swirling or whatever, you know, using they've got. Uh, 30 plus estrus and all that stuff, they bottle it fresh and they freeze it right away and they ship it to you frozen and little containers. So it is the freshest that you can get. Wow. Um, That's very cool. And then the um, team 200 grunt call that is made by Esh, it's big, um, but man, you can get loud with that thing and it will not freeze up. And as a deer hunter, okay it's a little bigger but you want to be able to have that volume still sounds good and you can still be quiet with it too but to not have it freeze up is really saying something because most grunt calls unless they're the inhaling type grunt calls which i don't know if anybody even makes anymore but most any of the other ones are gonna freeze up on you you know in cold weather right um and then that little rattle bag it's you know um 
you know, a lot of people use real antlers and I get it and you can be really loud with them. But with us that if you're self filming, it's just so much more to carry and so much heavier and awkward and trying to definitely, you know, button it down to your pack. So it's, it's nice to at least have that because had I not had it, I wouldn't have been able to get his attention. I don't think, you know, there was just enough breeze and, and he was far enough across there. I just couldn't get the volume that I really needed. Right. Right. That's and, awesome. uh, you know, uh, Hoyt bows, like I said, I've been shooting Hoyt for a long time. I don't think you can beat them as far as durability. They are super tough. You never have to worry about them. They're always reliable. Um, and I've got my new bow all set up and the VTM um, 31 and it's ready to go. I'm just waiting for another, what, little over a month and we'll be slinging arrows of turkey. So, um, right on that. And then obviously, like we've already talked about, Osseo Camo, you know, um, it's designed by a whitetail hunter that's a serious whitetail hunter, uh, and it's right in line with any of the top clothing out there, uh, but specifically for whitetail, and also it's a little bit cheaper overall, so win-win there. Um, yep. But yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, we use uh, Black Eagle arrows, uh, phenomenal arrows. I've been using them for a long time. Radical archery design on broadheads and uh, Lone Wolf for our, I know you guys are using the Elevate. We use Lone Wolf custom gear, which, you know, they've been around for a long time and uh, yeah, very, very similar uh, setups that they have, but um, yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, for sure. Right. Awesome, Donnie. Well, all right, Appreciate man. That, brother. Yeah, uh, Tyler, you got anything else? You got any shotgun questions? Anything you want to ask, Donnie? Shotgun question for you, Donnie. Coming in hot. If you could hunt any place in the country, one day dream hunt, what would it be? Hmm. I really put him on the spot. I'm sorry, Donnie. Didn't mean to put you out like that. <laughs> Oh boy. I, you know, um, I've chased a lot of whitetail and I'm happy to chase whitetail any, any time, but I would like yeah. to be, and I'm not sure where I would pick for sure, but I, if it, if anything was game, I would want to pick a freaking phenomenal place and be in the zone on a bunch of bull elk running around, just bugling their heads off. I love it. I love it. Yeah, my dream hunt as well. Yeah, I mean, I've hunted carry. I've killed uh, elk. Um, I've killed uh, caribou, but and and let me tell you, my preferred of by far is whitetail. So I mean, if I didn't right. kill anything else but whitetail the rest of my life, I would be super happy. And I, I could man. never move yeah. out west and not hunt whitetail. I can do without elk, but. Right. Just one time, one situation to be in the zone where there's freaking bulls just carrying on and bugling like crazy. <laughs> that would be phenomenal. Oh, yeah. yeah. Bucket list for me, too, man. Yeah. <laughs> Same here. Absolutely. Yeah. That's awesome, Donnie. I, I will that. tell you, though, the caribou hunt I went on was it was freaking phenomenal. I shot. I didn't know anybody that I, when I went, I couldn't get anybody talked to going up with me. And I decided, heck with it, I'm going. And we flew a bush plane and flew into like these Inuit 
villages and then uh, wow. flew into the bush because we had to drop a pilot off. And then we flew into the bush and stayed there for a week. And I ended up spotting stock and killing two bulls with my bow. And <clears throat> I wish I would have wow. had somebody that went with me that was a friend. It would have made it a lot more special, but it was still freaking awesome. Oh, yeah. Very Ooh. cool. And it wasn't like sit behind a rock and, you know, 500 of them come by. That wasn't like it at all. I mean, it was, you had to get out and hunt them, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. That's got to be yeah. so cool to see. It, it was, it was a, it was an awesome experience. And, um, you know, I've killed, I've been fortunate enough to kill three bears with my bow and I filmed all those and, Jeez, you know, that was, wow. that was fun too, but that's kind of more like a vacation. If you haven't done that, that's like, you know, you fish in the morning and you eat good and then you go hunt in the evening, you know, um, <laughs> it's more like an awesome vacation, huntcation. Best living yeah, best yeah, vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But if I'm but if I'm going elk hunting or deer hunting somewhere and I'm traveling, I'm I'm hunting hard, you know. So oh, yeah. I'm wearing myself out. It does not feel like a vacation because I'm right, right. everything into it. But but bear hunting to me seems more like a huntcation. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Definitely. Yeah. One day, Tyler, we'll be there. One day, buddy. Yeah, it takes time, you know. I've got got a lot of years on you guys, so it just, you know, it's that's all happened over a lot of years, you know. So you'll get slow and steady, slow and steady, Jonathan. Slow and steady, absolutely. (laughs) John, you've already got the whitetail thing going, so now you just need to spread your wings on some of that other stuff. See, we got to go out west. Yeah, I plan on it, man. I plan on, uh, you know, here in the next few years getting. Getting on some elk is kind of my dream, so I think yeah. that's where I'm gonna start kind of focusing on that too. Yeah, it, it'll never awesome. take place of whitetail. There's just whitetails yeah. are special, no. you know. But no, I love whitetail. I always, I'm, I'm the same way. I'll take, I'll hunt whitetail over anything in the country any day of the week. Uh, yeah, but I think it's kind of like you were saying, kind of getting out of that, uh, not a comfort zone, but kind of just expanding the horizon a little bit, seeing what's yeah. out there you know yeah yeah and and just the fact of you know being like in the middle of just bulls bugling everywhere i mean i've been in a couple where they were bugling pretty good and it was pretty decent but but i've seen some shows where you know it's like unreal and that's kind of where i'd like to be one day day. even if i don't kill you know and just be right in the zone and just be in the mix and elk bugling everywhere and you're just like oh my gosh this is insane yeah you know that's what, that's that's what I say to John. I say that to John all the time. My dream is to have a bull scream at me like at three yards right in my face. That's that's pretty much uh, yes. my dream. Yeah, you wouldn't can, that be awesome? You yeah. can't hear it for three days, but hey, you had a bull scream. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. It's a 350-inch bull. I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll go deaf. Oh, yeah. Even Lord, if you can't even get drawn, that would just be freaking awesome. Oh, dude. Yeah. It, I always say it's about the experience, you know? Yep. Yep. 100%. Yeah, right. don't, don't ever get too big for your britches either. You know, enjoy life and treat people good and, yeah, uh, you know, Absolutely. treat people the way you want to be treated. And, you know, if things start going well for you and you're doing well, try to try to remain humble and, and don't yeah. get an ego because there's so many people in this industry that oh, get yeah. egos and, it's sad, really, but it is. Yep. Yeah. Before you know it, people are hunting for the wrong reasons. 
Yep. Yes. And not yep. what we, what we uh, founded it on, you know, not what we started it for. Yep. yep. To, you know, we like to try to lift everybody up, you know, even being at the show at Indy this last weekend really kind of opened our eyes of, you know, how many people do and kids that look up to us and are kind of watching everything that we're doing. So it's like, you gotta, you know, we're, we're not those type of people anyways, but you know, when you have people like that watching you, you gotta, you know, kind of, kind of stay That's, in your lane and, and not. Yeah. Start- oh yeah. That's yeah, the next generation. Sure. That's yep. the next generation after us. That's, and, and you know, you that's know, the thing too. Like I, I went many years just like you guys. I mean, even, um, you gotta be happy with, you know, chasing the best that you got in your area and, you know, for a, yep. uh, a youngster to go out and shoot whatever, or even a, a guy that's never hunted until he's 45 and decides he wants to go hunt. If, you know, he shoots a button buck and he's super excited about it. Be stoked for him, you know, and that's it. Um, yeah. You know, not, not everybody's going to get to move and not everybody's going to get to do that. And it's all about what your goals are and what you're comfortable with, but you know, be happy with what you do. And if you want to shoot big deer, then I would definitely suggest putting in a little extra effort because it's definitely achievable, but you know, you got to make some yeah. sacrifices along the way. Yep. But, it. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. And I would say you have to have a strong support system too. You know, our, our wives, girlfriends, kids, all of them, you know, if you don't, if you don't have a strong support system at your back, then, you know, that can go, you know, the wrong way. So we really appreciate, you know, Donnie, I know your wife, she's, you know, very supportive in what you do and, and that helps a lot too. Yeah. She finally Thank gave you. in, you know, she definitely couldn't beat me. So she had to join me. <laughs> the biggest deer so i'm told her we're gonna have to start arm wrestling over this stuff <laughs> she might be like well donnie do you want to eat for the next month or that's it hey i've learned to cook pretty good over my over the years so i, I can eat myself there but there you go we, you're, you're talking fighting words you start messing with my big deer you know so that's it. i don't know i she's uh it is special though, watching her and watching her, um, just kind of fill the moment and see some of the things that I don't take for granted by any means, but you know, things that's, you know, first to her that I've seen several times, even noises in the timber, you know, and different things that, you know, she might be like, what's that, you know, and, or going out and spring Turkey hunting and hearing owls just really getting into it. You know, it's just, yeah. It's really cool to see somebody like that, especially that you love uh, to enjoy something like that for the first time. Oh, yeah. That's for sure. And, you know, Tyler, Tyler's got a couple of young girls that are just starting to get into it. I know Tyler yeah. Payton is wanting to go turkey hunting with you and your, and your dad this spring, so that's going to be cool. It's going to be very cool. She's very excited. She's She loves uh, – Jonathan had bought her first turkey vest for uh, – Christmas and she is head over heels and can't wait to put it on, get out in the blind with pap and dad. Yeah, that's awesome. And even if like my kids, they were into it at one time and you never know, they could circle back as time goes on. But, you know, even if they don't do that, we had special moments together with it. And um, also they, they did follow my footsteps in another uh, venture. I, I've, played drums full set of drums for a long time ever since i was a kid and um both of them and i love music and so um 
we get they started getting into music and jamming and so now both of them can play guitars bass keyboard drums and very they're cool better than me on drums now but they can play it all <laughs> the only thing i can do is beat stuff so i'm not doing anything but drums but we get to, we get to do that together so that's pretty special too so you, oh yeah you know you gotta love them and if they're not into it the hunting aspect still love yeah. them and find something that you guys can do together so that's it yeah, for sure for sure, Donnie. That's it. All right, Donnie. I guess uh, we won't take any more of your time. I just want to say I really appreciate you taking the time to do this with you, uh, with us, and really looking forward to the future and what you got coming for the next next season's coming up, bud. Heck yeah, yeah. And I look forward to our relationship continuing to get better too, and get to know you guys Absolutely. a little more. So, yeah, it's awesome. Donnie, it's yeah. great to meet guys like you, and and not just because you're younger, but just that your passion is there and you guys have, you guys share the same passion that I have and you're genuine and you care about people. And that's a big thing. And, and uh, you know, you, you know, you guys don't have an ego and, and that's the same thing with like even uh, Tarif, you know, he just recently joined the team and he's kind of a breath of fresh air because he's, you know, he's newer and he, but he and I are so close too. It's crazy. It's just, uh, very similar and uh, he's younger than I am too, but it's, it's just funny. Like we, we talk like, you know, every other day, I think, and it's just, it's just that excitement. And I think we both run in the same situation where we're the only two that can tolerate each other to talk about beer that often, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. <laughs> my wife's like, you're wearing people out. You got to stop, you know? It's like, yeah. it's no, 365 quite a bit too and i mean you just you get that connect you just have a connection with him he's just such a he's such a very great humble guy and he loves beer loves what he does and uh, like you said he's a breath of fresh air he's always always a positive attitude i just love it and that's what it's all about to me yeah and i think that's that's the deal is like he and i talk a lot because we're on the same team and everything and i'm sure you guys are in the same situation and and it's yeah. just like talking to you guys on here. It's real easy to talk to you. It was easy to talk to you at the show. And and it all goes back to, I think, we all have this huge passion for chasing whitetails. And, and we have, you know, very similar lifestyles and, and what we want and what we're into. And and then just, you know, none of us have a big ego. And, and I think that just makes it easy for us to communicate, you know, and, 100%. and share that passion. Definitely. Yep. All big, big white tail, happy family. That's what we are when it comes there down you to it. You hunt, you hunt deer. You're my brother. Yeah, or sister. You know that's, what I mean? That's right. Yeah. So, but alrighty, well, uh, we'll uh, wrap this thing up. Like I said, Donnie, much appreciated, and uh, you know, looking forward to further, uh, you know, conversations, and hopefully we can get on here and do another podcast here after after next season, or maybe before that. Sounds good. Well, thanks, fellas. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Donnie. It was a pleasure, man. We appreciate you. Yeah, same here. Thanks a bunch, guys. You guys take care. You too. See you later, Donnie. All right. Bye.